Welcome to River Church this morning, if you're on broadcast. We're in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, and we're ministering on Resurrection Day, and we're so glad, we're so happy that it finally got here. So if you would, in your Bible with me, turn to Luke chapter 24, and let's minister on the actual historical event of what we call Easter, what the world calls Easter. It's more accurate to call it resurrection, but we'll, we'll flow with that. Hallelujah. Chapter 24 of Luke. Let's get a context for what we're going to talk about this morning. Verse 1, now upon the first day of the week, very early in the morning. You might say that was before you and I get up. Hallelujah. They came into the sepulcher, bringing the spices which they had prepared and certain others with them. And they found the stone rolled away from the sepulcher. And they entered in and found not the body of the Lord Jesus. And it came to pass, as they were much perplexed thereabout, behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. And as they were afraid and bowed down their faces to the earth, they said unto them, Why seek ye the living among the dead? He is not here, but is risen. Let's say that part together. He is not here, he is risen. Remember how he spake unto you when he was yet in Galilee, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and the third day rise again. And they remembered his words. And returned from the sepulcher and told all these things unto the eleven and to all the rest. It was Mary Magdalene, and Joanna, and mother of the, Mary the mother of Jesus, James, and other women that were with them, which told these things unto the apostles. And their words seemed to them as idle tales. I looked that word up, and idle tales means, interesting, twaddle, or incredible story. It still does today. And their words seemed to them as idle tales, and they believed them not. Then arose Peter and ran into the sepulcher, and stooping down, he beheld the linen clothes laid by themselves, and departed, wondering to himself at that which was come to pass. Wondering to himself of that which has come to pass. Now we're still in this day, 2021, and men are still wondering. Let me quote it again at that which was come to pass. It's our life. We have no Christian life, no believing life, apart from the resurrection. As a matter of fact, it's the most important event to happen all year long. And everything, everything grows out and originates in the resurrection. There is no life without resurrection life. And there is no believing apart from the resurrection believing the resurrection. It is the most important concept or doctrine or cornerstone that you and I have as Christians. There is nothing that works apart from it. As a matter of fact, it's the most important event that's ever happened. There is no more important thing. Christmas pales in comparison to what we're talking about here. In Romans chapter 10, verse 9, it says that if thou wilt would confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus... The Lord Jesus. Say it with me. The Lord Jesus. So it's not just rattling off something in a, in a book or somebody says, pray this. It's confessing with your mouth the Lord Jesus. So there's a difference to being born again 
under the Lord Jesus than just being in a social group called a church. Where you sing together, you believe together, you give together, you eat together. If they shall confess with their mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, that God has raised him from the dead, there's the cornerstone of who, who you and I are. This is our DNA. This is our identity. We believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead. Right there it says, thou shalt be saved. Woohoo! Not by works of righteousness, which we've done, but according to his mercy, he has saved us. We are saved and raised up by the resurrection. So, you know, the churches are full. We went by a couple churches on our way this morning. And the first service was letting out, and they were ganging up to go back in and, and get another load. And so you'd have to ask yourself, why do all these followers, why, these, these believers of every stripe, why do they want to be in church on Resurrection Day? Well, it's kind of like going to a high school reunion without having to go on a diet. It's, you go in and you want to believe that there's a a moment that saved you, that got you out, that you, everybody knows their life, what they've done, what they hadn't done, what, what they should have done, and yet we want to show up on Resurrection Day so that we can partake. There's a hope that we can partake of a resurrection life, that we can have a miracle in our own life. So everybody is wondering, like, uh, like it said there in the Word, uh, wondering to himself at that which was come to pass, Everybody is still wondering, is there hope for me? Is there a way I can get in with the life I've lived and the things I wish I'd have done, could have done, should have done? All the regrets, all the guilt, all the shame that people have. Is there still a chance for me to go to heaven? Because we're very works-oriented in our culture today. Everybody wants to make sure you've done enough. I've done enough to get in. Where's the line so I'll know that I can get over the line and get to heaven? Well, there is no line except that you believe in your heart and confess your, with your mouth the Lord Jesus, that God did raise him from the dead. That is the line. And once you believe that, this is hard on churches, but we've we got to go with the word. Once you receive Jesus and be, be born again, your works don't matter. You go, that can't be. Well, sure, we, we understand it in our own families. Once you have a son or a daughter... You want them to grow up and be productive and have a good work ethic and be kind and all those things. We, we wish it. We coach them. We, we put them on that path. But if they don't, if they sit on the couch every day with potato chips and watch TV every day and you're paying all the bills for them, they're still your son. They're still your daughter. We have grace for that. Why wouldn't we think God did? Every religion, all the religions in the world, your acceptance is based on your works. Now, the truth is that your works do count. The Word says that we'll have rewards in heaven. And those that sat on the couch, spiritually speaking, they're going to kindergarten. You go back to the back room, kindergarten, because you don't know anything. You didn't do anything. You're in heaven but you've got to go learn everything that you should have learned here on earth. Turn with me to Revelation, the book of Revelation, way back over there on the right. Revelation chapter 1. 
Let's talk about this resurrection because we all want this hope to be deep down in us that no matter what I've flubbed the dub, didn't, didn't do it right, have regrets, there's room for me in heaven. There's room for me at the cross. The devil is the, he, he is the condemner. He is the accuser of the brethren. So he's told you no matter how full of Jesus you are, he's told you some things to try to get you to believe. I'm not quite good enough. I should have done better. How many of y'all know we should have done better? There, every day you get up, I could have prayed more. Yes, you could have. I, I could have been kinder back there in the grocery store. Yes, we could have. But it doesn't matter. We weren't. But there's always the grace of God. The grace of God. The grace of God. Aren't you glad he's not just a businessman? You scratch my back and I'll scratch yours. Hallelujah. I'm so excited about Jesus. Verse 17 says, And when I saw him, this is John the apostle speaking of the Lord Jesus, I fell at his feet as dead, and he laid his right hand upon me, saying unto me, Fear not, I am the first and the last. Let's say it in first person. He is the first and the last. And then we could even say to me. He's the first and the last to me. I am he that liveth. And was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and of death. He has the keys of hell and death. So the only thing we would ever fear in our life is we don't want our payment, our mortgage payment to be late. We, we don't want to not have enough lunch money for our children to go out the door. We, we want all those things. But if we feared anything, we would fear hell and then we would fear death. He said, I got you. There's nothing to fear. There's nothing to fear. There's things you could be anxious about, worried about, displeased with, but there's nothing to fear. He's got the keys. He's got the keys and he's opening the door. So the spirit realm, all of the spirit realm, that would be the angels and everybody, they rejoiced when Jesus won the victory in the bowels of the earth. When he returned from the dark, dark regions in the, in the bowels of the earth, and that's where hell is, it's in the bowels of the earth, he had the keys. And it was a battle, it was a, uh, a victory, and he has the, the keys of death and hell. Everybody wants to hear that Jesus paid for their sins. Almost all churches preach have you repented of your sins? Well, that's, that's not even right doctrine. You should repent of your sins. You should confess your sins because they're, they're a mark against your life in, in the sense of uh, no reward. But once you are born again, you're born again. Point to yourself with me and say, hey, hey. I'm, born I'm born again. Oh, let's do better. I'm born again, again. I am born again. If you are born again, and we don't know your history, we don't know what you've been up to, we don't know if you're a, a, a three-time felon or if you slapped your kid when he was in the first grade. We don't know anything about you. Divorced 72 five times or whatever. We don't know, and more than that, we don't care because Jesus has come and taken care of us, and we are born again. So if you're born again, your ticket is punched to go to heaven. Heaven's not the only thing. I've got a life to live here between now and heaven. 
I hope it's a ways. I hope it's a while. But nevertheless, I want abundant life here on earth. I don't want to just go to heaven. Glad. So glad. But I want an abundant life here because Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and have it to the full. I want that too, don't you? Not just to get my ticket punched to us someday, but even today. In Hebrews, slip left just a little bit, Hebrews chapter 2. Let's listen to the Bible talk. Let's listen to God tell us how it is. We've, We've all heard how people think it is, but let's find out what the Word says about it. And we'll rest. You never rest very good when there's something untrue that's walking around you. I heard an amen back there in the back. Thank you. Chapter 2 of Hebrews, verse 14. Look what the word says. It says, For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil. Now, that's pretty plain spoken. The devil had the power of death, and Jesus partook of the life of God and went in and defeated the devil for me. Let's make it personal. Say, for me. me. Yeah, for me. Not just for the good people, not just for those he liked most. It was for me. And if you're a for me... It was for you. Hallelujah. So before Jesus arose from the dead, he was busy. He was in the bowels of the earth because they crucified him and went into the bowels of the earth and he defeated Satan. He defeated Satan. The reason he was able to is because he was illegally put there. He was sinless. There was no judgment against him. The only judgment against him is that all of our sins, past, present, and future, were laid upon him on the cross. And so he died with my sin. And then I could say of that, I died with him. Because I couldn't be separated from my sin. So he died, and when he went into the bowels of the earth, the devil and his crowd rejoiced. That's all they were after. That's all they wanted was to get rid of him. Kind of like everybody wanting to get rid of President Trump or something like that. It was on a, uh, an exponential scale. So uh, Jesus stripped the devil of all his authority and took him out in front of all of his folks. The word says he did it before his own people. He made a, a, in Colossians, that's where it is. It says, listen to this, verse two, chapter 2, 15, having spoiled principalities and powers. What do y'all think that means? It means he won. Having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. So what we're doing here today on Resurrection Day is we're celebrating the victory that set us free. I'm celebrating the victory. I'm free. Are y'all free this morning? The blood of Jesus has set us free. He paid the price on the cross. Then he went into the bowels of the earth and got the victory. He paid the price on the cross, but he procured, he received the victory for all of us in the bowels of the earth. And then the word says he rose victorious. After he defeated the devil, defeated hell, defeated death, he rose victorious. Nothing could touch him. 
And you and I were with him on that cross. If you weren't with him, then you're still dead in your sins. But we were nailed to the cross with him. We died with him, even though we weren't even alive then. But we died with him because it was a future work. And when he went into the bowels of the earth, we went in there. And when he defeated the devil, we were in him defeating the devil. And that's why we still have authority over the devil. And then he rose victorious. He said, I did it. I got it done. It's finished. It's over. Hallelujah. So he was held in the bowels of the earth. He suffered abuse of the devil. His crowd, the devil's crowd, thought they had won. Let me just read you a little. I just thought of something. Praise God. It says... Uh, In, in 1 Corinthians 2, it says, uh, We speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom, which God ordained before the world under our glory, which none of the princes of this world knew, for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Big mistake. The devil miscalculated. And he's been miscalculating ever since. He still thinks there's a chance for him to take over uh, God. <laughs> I mean, he's an angel. He's a created being. He was, he's, he was one like uh, an archangel, like Michael or Gabriel. He was a high-ranking angel, and he, he, he had access, and he thought it was permission. Yeah, just because just we give you the microphone to come up here, and you have the microphone, doesn't mean you have permission. Okay, how we, hallelujah, we'll go past that one, praise God. So Jesus was held in the bowels of the earth, and he satisfied the claims of justice. What were the claims that needed to be satisfied? The Old Testament says, the man who sins shall surely die. So our sin, one sin, one sin, just one sin. You are a good boy. You are a good girl. You only sinned a dozen times in your whole life. You're going to hell until someone satisfies the claims of sin against you. So he was made righteous. He was made a new creation. He, was, he uh, stripped Satan of all of his authority. He crushed his death-dispensing power that he gained from Adam in the garden. He rose from the dead. And then, and here's the, here's the New Testament. This is the New Covenant. He gave us the authority that he won in the bowels of the earth. He was resurrected from the dead and didn't just say, I'm the king of everything. He said, I'm going to make everyone a king. I'll be the king of kings and I'll be the Lord of lords. So he gave us his resurrection power. Then in John, it says that uh, the works I do, greater works will you do because I go to the father. The same as him. First John 4, 17, listen to this. As he is, so are we in this world. Let's say it together. As he is, so are we in this world. I think we should do it again. As he is, so are we in this world. It sounds like we've been promoted. It sounds like something happened at that resurrection. 
that I didn't earn, I didn't ask for, I didn't think it could happen. I never felt like I was victorious. I never, I never felt that there was a sense of victory or promotion or increase, nothing that I or you did. But yet the word says, as the Lord Jesus is, as he is, as he, the Lord Jesus is, so are we in this world. In Romans chapter 8, it talks about him being the firstborn among many brethren. Brethren, firstborn, that means not that he came down, but that he pulled us up as he's the firstborn. So God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, only begotten son, that whosoever should believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So he was the only begotten son until you and I got born again. We're born of his spirit. Did y'all get that? We are born of, if you're born again, if you're a child of God, you're a child of God. And so he was the firstborn, he first, excuse me, he was the only begotten son until we came along and made him the firstborn of many brethren. Wow, we've been raised up. We've been raised up. We're something that we've never felt or never aspired to. Certainly didn't win any race, didn't, didn't, didn't defeat anything. All we did was believe in our heart and confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus that God has raised him from the dead. And we were elevated. Something happened. Did you feel like it? Not at all. Do you feel victorious? Many days, like, no. I feel I've been whooped. I feel like I've been trampled on. The truck ran over me and backed up. But it's not so. It's a lie. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, If any man be in Christ. One version says, If any man be in Christed. He is a new creation. A new creature. Old things are passed away. And behold, all things. Can you say that with me? All things are become new. All things have become new. Something changed at the new birth. Not my body, not your body. We still, if we like chocolate chips, doggone. We got born again and we still are sneaking around the bag into, into, yeah, you know what that is. It didn't change that, but it changed everything else. Romans 8, 11. Slip over there with me. Romans chapter 8, verse 11. You know, this is just review. This is going over what we already know. But it's good to have it affirmed in our heart. It's good to be... If, you, if you've slipped a little bit here and got a little condemnation there, felt a little shamed or guilty for anything you've done or not done, it's good to come back and have the resurrection life of God wash over you. In chapter 8, verse 11, hallelujah. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead, would that be the Holy Ghost? If the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, Let's stop there. Does he dwell in me? Does he dwell in you? Does the Holy Spirit dwell in you? Or is he over there? Are we having to send airmail our request to God? Like, oh, God, I, oh, I can't get past the ceiling. You're over there and I'm over here. No, he dwells in me. I'm so excited. If the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also, shall also, 
shall also. Also means it's been done and it's being done again. Shall also quicken, the word there is resurrect, your mortal bodies by the spirit that dwelleth in you. There's hope. There's hope. He's in me. He's in you. He's not over here saying, ah, it's pretty nasty over there. I'm not moving into that junk house. He moved in and cleaned this place up. Hallelujah. So if that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwell in you, he shall quicken, he shall resurrect your mortal body. Healing is in the resurrection. Emotional and mental trouble, weakness, is in the resurrection. Failure, condemnation, and shame are in the resurrection. You're right there in chapter 8. Let's look in verse 1. It says in verse 1, oh, we should read this together. Would you read this with me? Verse 1 and 2. Ready? Read. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Here it is. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. So what's the law of sin and death? The man who sins shall surely die. So the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus, if I will believe in my heart and confess with my mouth the Lord Jesus and believe that God has raised him from the dead, I shall be saved. He has lifted me up. The law of, of uh, condemnation is still there, but he's lifted this up like an airplane. Gravity never leaves an airplane, but there's a power of lift and thrust that raises it up and supersedes the power of gravity. We've been raised up above the power of sin and death, and it's a marvelous life. There is therefore now, now no condemnation to those. No guilt. No guilt. Help me. No guilt. No shame, no rejection, no judgment. The only judgment that's in the earth is the judgment of seed time and harvest. If you sow bad, it's coming. But because you are bad doesn't mean God's going to make it bad. There is no judgment. Jesus took the sin problem away. He dealt with the sin problem, and uh, he did it on the cross. The cross is where it happened, the transaction. It was what transacted death unto life. And now I'm alive in him. I, I who were dead, you who were dead, are now alive in Christ. And the empty tomb was the proof of it. And that's what we just read in Luke. They went there, and he should have been there, but he was not there. And the angel said, well, the reason he's not here is because he did what he said it would do. So Jesus made a contract with heaven on our behalf. And if he made the deal, you can't break the deal. Now, if you made the deal, you got to stick with your side of the terms. I'll act good, God. I won't mess up no more. I'll, I'll sin. I won't do it. Oh, I just did it. He said, there's no contract between you and me. I made the contract for you through the Lord Jesus, and he is responsible. So we literally died with Jesus on the cross. I was there. You were there. And we became new creations when he arose from the dead. So I'm alive unto God. You're alive unto God. We're alive unto God. Well, if you just tell everybody that uh, sin's been taken care of, they'll run rampant. They'll just sin if they think that, uh, that God doesn't care if you sin. 
Well, God cares if we sin. He cares because just like you don't want your kids running out in the middle of the street, you care. It's not you out in the street, but you care that they run out in the street. Well, he cares if we sin because the wages of sin is death, but it's not eternal death if you're born again. It just means if you hurt somebody, somebody's going to come pick you up and probably hurt you. It's that kind of thing. So if we're not resurrected in him, family, if we're not resurrected in him, if we don't identify with being resurrected and made alive, then we are still dead. If we're not raised to new life, then we are still dead in our trespasses and sins. I want one more scripture. Yeah, one more scripture. 2 Corinthians. Y'all, we're so fast this morning. Y'all are going to want to sit around for another service. <laughs> no, that won't happen. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10. Let's talk about what happens, why, why we still want to live right with God, even though our ticket's been punched. Why do we still, why are we in church this morning? Why, what difference does it make if you're born again to do anything good after that? Because no matter what you do, you're born again. I know people don't like that. They like the little old grandma that was in church all her life but never received Jesus. They want her to still get a pass and go to heaven. And they want the serial killer on death row who got born again the morning before. They want him still to go to hell. But the whole kingdom it orbits around this thing. What did you do with Jesus? Not what you, not what you did, but what you did with Jesus. There is no other post to pass. What did you do with Jesus? So we could all look at ourselves and says, hey, you, what are you doing with Jesus? If you received him as your savior, heaven's on the way. You go, what if I'm a serial killer? If you're born again, it works. I, I went into the jail down here for, for a couple of years, and I started ministering that. And these guys were so not happy with me that they, they, they told me, never let them get you between you and the door. And they started coming because I was telling them that grandma, you know, everybody in jail loves grandma. Okay, y'all don't know that. They all love their grandma because she's praying for them. And uh, they didn't like that. They wanted the serial killer to go to hell no matter what he did at the last minute. It's not fair to cut in line. And they wanted grandma who had never received Jesus even though she was in church. They wanted her to get a pass because it was close enough. But it's all based on what did you do with Jesus? It's the only thing. After that, when you're filled with Jesus, you want to do right. You want to do right. It's in you. Good is in you to do right. Now, we have to fight the old habits. We have to fight the old man that we were. If we, if we tended to do bad things, we still tend to do bad things. But now we've got something on the inside working to the outside changing us. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10. We'll quit with this. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body, according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. The judgment seat of Christ. It's called, in the Greek, it's called the bema. 
the BEMA. It's the same word that we use in the Olympics when you see uh, gold, silver, and bronze. Gold is standing higher, and then we have silver, and we have bronze at the bottom. It's the same thing. But at the Olympics, they never say, well, we'd like to point out that silver, even though he's head of bronze, he's, he did some bad things. Not in the Olympics. Not the, he, he, he clocked the time. He ought to, ought to have the silver. But when he was little, he did this and he did that. Well, you know, we don't do that. What do we do? We say, you clocked the time. You're number silver. You clocked the time. You're gold. That's how it happens in heaven. No matter what you did, that wasn't right. And we all have a list. Nobody wants anybody to see our video. It's what you did that was right. Motive is everything. God is not, listen to me, God is not judging us for confessed sin on the earth. Amen. If we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So if we confess it, we go to God in our closet. In our closet, nobody around, no, no public thing before the church. I just want to tell you all how bad I was. Nope, in our closet. And we tell God, I did it. I did it willfully. I did it openly. I am sorry I did it. I confess it. I repent it as sin. And I plead the blood of Jesus on my life and that, Lord, it would be cast into the sea of your forgetfulness. That thing is blotted out. I said, that thing is blotted out forever. What a deal. What a deal, y'all. Jesus is wonderful. What a deal that you can live like the devil for most of your life, and then just in one fell swoop receive Jesus, and you're going to heaven. You don't have many good things to take to heaven. You know, the deathbed confession is valid, but that man that got Jesus on his deathbed, he doesn't have any good works to take to heaven, so he won't have much reward in heaven. Is that right? But we're all in heaven, just like your kids. Or somebody else's kids. Well, let's talk about their kids. <laughs> you know, everybody's got some that are just shiny and bright and such a blessing. And then sometimes people, you have one, you go, what is wrong with you? I say about my two brothers, if you don't believe they were adopted, then I'm adopted. I, we didn't, it, it can't be that we're out of the same place, but we are. The reward clock begins at the new birth. So the moment you got born again, the reward clock starts. Everything done before the new birth is washed away. You're not responsible. But everything after that, you get the reward of what you do. I know people want judgment. They want judgment for what we did bad after the new birth. But here's the key. Jesus took the penalty for what we did after the new birth. He bore it and took it away. So it had to be paid for, but it's not you and me. Amen. We're going to receive the Lord's table this morning. I want to turn to a scripture that we look at when we take the Lord's table, when we receive it. Let me tell you who should take it this morning. If you're born again, you should receive the Lord's table. Now, it won't hurt if you're not sure or whatever to take it. it. It'll be nothing to you because it can only be 
dealt with or transacted by the born-again believer. It's not a church ordinance. It's not like, well, this isn't my home church. Well, it never says that in here. It just said if you're born again. I'm born again. You're born again. So we can take it anywhere. You can take it at home. You can take it in the Church of Christ. You can take it in the Methodist. You can take it in Presbyterian. You can take, you can take it anywhere with any group of people because it's personal. It's not a Shandai thing where you just, you know, throw things out there from the pulpit. It's what you do with the personal. So you can take communion this morning and get nothing. And everybody around you be healed. Everybody around you get set free because it's personal. We minister it publicly, but actually you can go home and get you some tomato juice and some saltines or whatever you have and sit down and receive communion. It's so easy. It's so easy. Most people don't believe it's true. They want it to be. It's got to be this way, and it's got to be you're kneeling, and the guy that's ministering to you has to be in a robe. and a, you know, All this stuff, they make it hard, but it's not. It's personal, it's intimate, and it's powerful when it is. So I want to invite you all this morning. Now, if you don't want to, just let it pass. That'll be fine. The Word talks about here in one place that don't take it unworthily. And all that means is, if you don't attribute value to the body of Jesus, if you say, ah, this is just, this is just grape juice and this is just a cracker, you won't receive anything. That's what it says. You won't receive anything. But if they overcharge you at the movie theater and don't give you any change and you walk in, nothing happened, but you just didn't get anything. It says in chapter 11, I love this. Verse 23, listen to this. Paul said to the church, he said, I have received of the Lord Jesus that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. Remember the Last Supper? That's what it's talking about here. And when he had given thanks, he break it and said, Take ye, this is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. So he was making the bread... His body. He was pointing to them and saying, this is what's happening. This is what will happen, and I'm preparing you with bread to my body. My body will be broken on the cross for you. Then he went on, and he said, in the same manner also he took the cup, and when he had supped, saying, this cup is the New Testament of my blood. This do ye as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Now, be sure, be sure here that we don't do this in remembrance of him suffering on the cross. Because that's not where the victory was. There was two other men that day in that hour that also were on the cross. And one of them went to hell, apparently, and one of them went to paradise, apparently. But that's not what we're remembering is on the cross. What we're remembering, we should, we should even have this in, as an icon in our believing to have a throne. Because now we're ruling and reigning in this world. We're not on the cross anymore. Churches that have Jesus on the cross, they're remembering the suffering, but that does not point us to a victory because there was everybody that was crucified suffered on that day that they got crucified. There was no victory in that. The victory is when the clothes were empty in the tomb, and then he returned victorious over death, hell, and the grave. So that's what we do in remembrance of him. So don't be thinking about poor Jesus. There's nothing poor about him. 
He's the victor, and we're in him. The Passion Translation in verse 26 says this, Whenever you eat this bread and drink of this cup, you are retelling the story, proclaiming the Lord's death until he comes. He died for me. He died for you. He died for us. And he was resurrected to new, to new life for us. So what we're going to do, this is how it works. This is just Bible. This isn't a river church thing. This is not a we do it different thing. This is what it is. Make it whatever you want it to be. But the pattern is here. Just like the new birth. Everybody around you can get saved when someone preaches about Jesus. But if you don't want to, you don't have to. So what we're doing is we're receiving the bread. The Bible says that he was broken for us. Jesus was whipped at the post of Pilate up to the edge of death. And he did that by his stripes. Ye were healed. Amen. Let's say it together. By his stripes, I was healed. And that's what we're taking today. We're, we're retelling the story. We're reminding ourselves. In the Old Testament, they would build mounds of rocks or they would have a, fest, a feast day of leavened bread, of Pentecost, to remind them, this is what God's done for you. Well, that's what we're doing this morning. Water baptism is a type, and the communion of the Lord's table is a type. We remind ourselves. We stop our busy lives. We stop the condemnation, the shame, how we've been thinking and feeling, and under the cloud of all that's around us. We stop and say, no, he was broken for me. No, his blood was shed for me, and I remember it. Aren't you glad that when you have a birthday, people remember you? It says, where were you yesterday? I was just me yesterday, and today is my birthday, but why weren't you there yesterday? That's because it's your birthday. You just get one day a year. <laughs> Only one day, except Deborah's mother. She has two birthdays every year. So it's, it, do whatever you can get by with, I say. Hallelujah. Well, it's the same way. We're celebrating every time we come to the Lord's table. So, Joey, would you... Would you serve the people, please? Now, just pinch you off a piece. Now, if this isn't like you're used to, pay no attention to it. It's what's going to happen when you transact your faith that matters. Oh, let, yeah, let me. Here's what's happening. Jesus paid the price 2,000 years ago, but we don't receive it until we receive it. Jesus paid the price for you to get born again, but you may have been 30 years old before you received it. It didn't happen till then, even though he paid the price. He legally dispensed it 2,000 years ago. Healing was dispensed that very day. He was at Pilate's tree, and that's when he paid for our healing. We're healed. So just receive it. The same way you receive the new birth, the same way you were baptized in the Holy Ghost. You open your heart, and you say, I received something that you did for me. So, Father, we do this in remembrance of the Lord Jesus, what he did for us, what he did for me. His body was broken for me. He didn't need his body broken that day for him. It was broken for me. He, judgment for sickness, disease, and pain was laid on him in that hour. My sickness, my pain, my disease... And I now receive the worth of it, the value of it. I receive it. And I say that price was worthy to heal me and deliver me from trouble. 
So right now we, in one fell swoop, we loose the chronic thing that's been bothering you, the, 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 the prognosis that they have given you. We release that. It's not ours. The word says in the Old Testament that the, that the scapegoat took it away, a type of the Lord Jesus. He bore it and took it away. Right now, see that thing that's been bothering you, that Jesus bore it and took it away. Can you see that? He's victorious over it. He resurrected you and I in that. So I believe I receive healing right now, this moment. I receive healing in my body. I receive restoration. I receive deliverance from the prognosis, the diagnosis. I receive it. And I call myself healed, whole and healthy in Jesus' name. Amen. We're taking the body of the Lord Jesus inside of us. Amen. Thank you for healing me, Lord. Thank you for taking it away from me, Lord. I don't have to bear it because you did. Thank you for healing me. Can, can, you, can you be stirred up this morning with me? Thank you for delivering me from this. I call that thing that was no more. I thank you, Lord, that it happened right now. It happened for me in this moment. It cannot come back. I, I thank you, Lord, that I was, and therefore I am healed. And I receive the price of it. I receive the value of it in Jesus' name. Amen. It's so good to be healed. It's so good to be healed. It feels good to feel good. You go, well, I still feel the same. I wouldn't say that ever again. I'd say what the Word says. It's so good to be healed. Amen. Amen. Let's receive the cup. Lynn? Oh, yeah. Now, if y'all don't like our fancy tablecloth and us being dressed up and everything, just think about it if we passed a common cup around and just passed it down one aisle. It'd be fine if we all drank out of the same cup. But aren't you glad? Get your own cup. Praise God. This is how the early church got healed. For the first 300 years, they took the Lord's table. It's called communion. It's called the Eucharist in the Catholic faith. Let's, let's answer this question, just, just so you'll have nothing hanging over you. The bread does not turn into his body, and the juice does not turn into his blood. But your words of faith, and that's why we said it's so good to be healed. It's your words of faith that transacted. We often need to see things. That's why the Bible talks about the laying on of hands, is we believe we receive when their hands, when they touch me, when they lay hands on me, I shall be healed. We like that confirmation with what we see. This is that. This is a story being told. You could do this without the table, without the bread or the cup, but how much more powerful it is when we see this blood, this, 
It turns into blood in my faith, but it doesn't literally turn into anything. So my words of faith turn natural things into wholeness. So, Father, we thank you this morning for the spilt and shed blood. Lord, I, those, those stakes that were driven into Jesus' feet, he drained every drop out. Everything came out of his body. Every drop was able to deliver us from all, but he gave it all. So today we received the price of that, the value of that, the worth of that. It was enough for me. Sin has no power over me. I am not judged on sin. I am judged on the spilt blood of Jesus. And I agree and identify with that today. Thank you for giving us. Thank you for forgiving us. Thank you, Lord, for delivering us. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm forgiven. I'm free. I'm free. Sin, the word says in Romans, sin shall not have dominion over you. We're free. Amen. Woohoo! <laughs> ah, yay. Now, I tell you, this is so powerful, but yet the church has crept into some liturgical stance that you have to stand just right. And I know when I was growing up, we had a certain cloth that they put over the communion table. And uh, they only did it on Sunday night because they didn't want them sinners taking it on Sunday morning. And, they, you know, it was all sorts of things that were wrapped around it. I'm telling you, this is we're so liberated by the, 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 the act of this and the faith that's transacted. I could tell another joke this morning and it wouldn't be sacrilegious. I'm not. But I'm just telling you. Don't, don't be caught up to say it's got to be just right and I got to have a preacher do it with me and I got to be in a certain church. You're missing the whole point. The whole point is this is personal. I, do it, I can do it driving home after church. Amen. Well, I bless you because we are blessed. And I lift up the Lord Jesus Christ who has set us free. And Lord, we thank you for setting us free. Help us know how free we are. Revelation come. Revelation. Revelation of the truth to come into our hearts so that we would know that they that know the truth have been set free. I bless this people in Jesus' name. And we bless the food. We sanctify it. We deliver it from all trouble into our bodies in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Praise God. Well... Yay. Yay. Thank you all for coming.